Amen. Woo. Amen. <laughs> um, well, good morning. Happy Memorial Day weekend to you. We, uh, we, we made it. Uh, so those of us that were here early, it was touch and go for a little while. But we're here <laughs> and we're still awake. We're still alive. So uh, we have been doing this series called Jesus, Come Hear the Good News. And we're talking about the gospel. We're talking about the good news of Jesus and everything that we get in Jesus. And, and, and we've been doing this now for a month and a half. There's lots of stuff we've talked about you can find on our sermon podcast and on our YouTube channel. Today we're talking about how Jesus brings the ability to forgive. And originally, I was going to be preaching on how Jesus brings reconciliation. You can see that in our little blue graphic there. And as I went to prep the, the teaching, there's so much in Scripture about reconciliation and about forgiveness. There was so much there. And, and uh, so a little sneak peek, our next sermon series is in the book of 1 John. Pastor Israel, I'm excited to get to 1 John where I just get a passage and just preach on it. This is like the whole, what's the whole Bible say about forgiveness? That's a lot. It was a lot. So uh, we're, we, we, as, as I prepped, God just led me through Scripture as the Holy Spirit does. And, 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 and today we're talking about how Jesus brings the ability for us to forgive other people. And I, and I believe that there's several of us in the house that need to hear that, that, that we are carrying around names of people that have harmed us, that we are having a very hard time forgiving. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, so to start with, we're going to do a quick list uh, from a book. The book's called The Healing Power of Forgiveness by Ray Pritchard. I used some of this book to prep this sermon. And it's a very good, helpful book. If you, you want to dive a little deeper into this, if you have some, some people that you need to forgive, this might be a good resource for you. But before we go back to our discussion questions, we're going we're gonna to talk a little about this list. So pay attention to this list. This is Pritchard's list of uh, what forgiveness does not mean. So we're going to talk about what forgiveness is, but it's helpful to say what it does not mean. And I want you to pay attention to the list and think, have you ever been taught something opposite of this, okay, in church, particularly when we talk about forgiveness? Um, often it's forgive and forget, right? Or uh, you'll, you'll see what he means by, by the list here. So here's what forgiveness does not mean, approving of what someone else did. So forgiving someone does not mean you approve of what they did. Forgiving someone does not mean that you're pretending that evil never took place. Forgiveness does not mean making excuses for other people's bad behavior. It does not mean overlooking abuse. It does not mean denying that others tried to hurt you repeatedly. It does not mean letting others walk all over you. This is, there's just two pages of this. Uh, it does not mean refusing to press charges when a crime has been committed. It does not mean forgetting the wrong that was done. It does not mean pretending you were never hurt. It does not mean you must restore the relationship to what it was before. I think that's a big one, a big misconception. It does not mean you must become friends again. It does not mean there must be total reconciliation as if nothing ever happened. Two more, it does not mean you must tell the person you have forgiven them. And lastly, it does not mean that all negative consequences of sin are canceled. Uh, so 
we're going to take you back to your groups, and don't worry, we're not going to ask you to share anything super deep and personal, uh, but we're going to ask you to go back to your discussion, uh, to your, your sections, and talk for five minutes to uh, talk about this. Describe the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation, and maybe you've never thought about the difference before. Maybe you've always thought they're the same thing, but talk about that, because we're going to talk about that a little bit more later in the sermon, and then b- back to that list. How are false beliefs, did I word that wrong? Oh, damaging, there it is, <laughs> that makes sense. I, I, I threw, threw myself off with my parentheses there. How are false beliefs about forgiveness damaging? So false beliefs we have that differ, right? Here's our list again. So why is it damaging if we believe things that oppose this list? If we have false beliefs about forgiveness, how can that be damaging? Just speak in general terms, generic terms, and we'll be back in five minutes. I'm gonna start with some quotes about forgiveness, and we're gonna mix some quotes from Jesus in uh, as well. Um, C.S. Lewis, you might be familiar with that name, an uh, author, says, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. It takes two to go to war and only one to fall in love. It's by a musician named John Foreman. And he's singing about a passage of scripture, a quote from Jesus. Let's look at that next and we'll go back to that. Jesus says, you've heard that it was said, love your enemy, I'm sorry, love your, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Your enemy hates you, but you don't have to hate your enemy back. That's what John Foreman's saying. It takes two to go to war, but only one to fall in love. Only one to love. Interesting to think about. Having a resentment, that's unforgiveness. It's like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Maybe you've heard that quote before. It, it, it's possible origin is with Alcoholics Anonymous. It's a well-used quote. Think about that. Think about people that you are having a hard time forgiving. Don't you feel it right here? Don't you feel it right here? So researchers, this is a medical study. Um, the Medical College of Georgia found that people that have held a grudge for years have an increased risk of multiple health problems including heart disease, high blood pressure, stomach ulcers, back pain, and headaches. (laughs) So literally, holding grudges, not forgiving, the unforgiveness that that we carry around with us, that doesn't hurt the other person. I'm going to get them, I'm going to get, no, you're just getting yourself. Like literally, we're just, we're harming ourselves when we carry around this unforgiveness. Seek revenge, and you should dig two graves, Confucius said, because you're killing yourself while you try to kill that other person. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Some of Jesus' last words, hanging on the cross while being beaten, mocked, insulted and betrayed. 
your whole community is, is spitting on you, mocking you, making fun of you, beating you. Your best friends have betrayed you. And the words that come out are, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Here's another quote from Jesus. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. If you've been around church at all, you might recognize that. It might ring familiar. It's from the Lord's Prayer. If you're not familiar with church and the Bible, the Lord's Prayer is a prayer Jesus gave that I'd say throughout church history is one of the most memorized passages of Scripture in the Bible, one of the most recited passages of Scripture in the Bible. And here we have this line that I don't know if we always think about very closely because it's such a memorized passage of Scripture in the Bible. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, you should pray. He starts, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's the old King James, you know. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, here on earth as it is in heaven. Is that ringing a bell? So he says, forgive us our debts. We could figure that out to pray. God, I, forgive me of my debts. That means your sins. Some passage translations say transgressions or sins. Of course, we want to go to God and say, forgive me of my sins. He says, as we also have forgiven our debtors. So what Jesus is saying, and this is a little jarring, okay? What he's saying is, when you pray, ask God to forgive you the way you forgive other people. So if you don't really forgive other people, Jesus is saying, Father's not really going to forgive you. I'm not saying that. Jesus is saying that, okay? That word as is, is very important. It's not the other way around. We would think it would say, hey, forgive other people the way the Father's forgiven you. Father, forgive me. Dennis has harmed me, and I really need to forgive him. So Father, would, uh, forgive me of, of my sins and help me to forgive Dennis the way you forgive me. There's other passages of Scripture that say that. We're going to look at that one soon. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, the Father is going to forgive me to the level that I forgive Dennis. Dennis didn't do anything wrong to me, but he's sitting in the middle. It's like nobody, right? He's, he's sitting, he's, he's like front and center. So that's, that's what happens when you sit there. If you, you might think, that's not what that means. He's, that's like a translation error or something, because that's, that's jarring to our theology, right? Well, when the Lord's Prayer ends, Jesus gives commentary on the Lord's Prayer, but only on one part of the Lord's Prayer. This part, the very next verses after the Lord's Prayer, see it's two verses later, 12 and 14, he says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Guys, this is, this is jarring. This is a serious, serious topic that I'll admit in, in, in my kind of familiarity with the Bible and upbringing, I, I, I don't think I've ever been jarred with this the way Jesus said it, the, in the jarring way that he's, that he's talking about. We're going to come back to that. But this is what's helpful about that. Here Jesus is saying very clearly that I am to forgive others. This is a mandate to being a Christian, is to forgive others. And it, what's helpful to me from this is two things. One, forgiveness is a command, and forgiveness is a choice. 
Because doesn't it usually feel like forgiveness is a feeling? I don't feel like forgiving this person. Therefore, I can't. This is helpful to me. I have a situation still in my life that is hard for me to forgive. There's a situation that happened to me. It does not involve anyone here. That is hard for me to forgive. And the reason is, the people that harmed me, they don't admit that they did anything wrong. So you know that question from your discussion, reconciliation, forgiveness? I love reconciliation. I love it. Let's say Dennis and I really did have a, an issue going on. And, and we, we talk through it. We have a mediator. Pam is there being like, guys, you need to get along. What's wrong with you? Right? She's the, she's the conciliator, I think is what that's called. We get the word reconciliation from, okay? She's trying to get us to get along. And we both are like, yeah, I'm sorry, Dennis. I, will you forgive me? And he's like, no, of course I forgive you. I, I, you know, and, and then he's like, I'm sorry too. I'm sorry too. Will you forgive me? Oh, I forgive you. And we hug it out and we are reconciled. That's beautiful. You know what's really hard? When you try to communicate to somebody, you harmed me, you wronged me, it really hurt me. And they say, no, I didn't. You ever been there? No, I didn't. I didn't harm you. I didn't do anything wrong. In fact, it's you that was, did the wrong. And you can show them scripture. You can, whatever, it doesn't matter. They don't have a concept that they wronged you. That's very hard. And so we think back to Jesus on the cross. Remember when he said, Father, forgive them? They don't know what they're doing Those people were beating Jesus. They were mocking Jesus, betraying Jesus. They had not repented. That was not a forgiveness in exchange for your repentance. I mean, we don't even know exactly what that did theologically, right? It wasn't a salvation forgiveness. They didn't repent of anything, but there was a forgiveness that Jesus was showing to the people that were harming him over and over and over. And here's what what I really is helpful to me about forgiveness as a command and as a choice. And we're going to talk about this in a, a little bit more in Scripture. One of the ways that it's different from reconciliation, in reconciliation, like I don't control what the other person is going to, how they're going to respond. I can't control that. The only, only thing I can control is me. That's the only thing I can control. And, and, and so if you're trying to force reconciliation, often we're trying to control the other person. If I can just get them to do this, then we can be reconciled. You don't always have that. You don't, you don't have that control. You don't have that control. And secondly, this was in the list from Pritchard, it's not always healthy to be back in relationship with everybody. And that's okay. There are people that will harm you and continue to harm you. And we're going to talk about our need to forgive them, but not go back into relationship with them. Because they will continue to harm you and to harm you and to harm you. And, and there is a way even to confront someone of what they've done wrong. Leave it there. Forgive them. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that as well. But this is helpful to me. Because I don't feel like forgiving these people. <laughs> and I still to this day don't. But forgiveness is a command. And forgiveness is a choice. Okay. Uh, here's, my, here's my three R's. So if you're, this was, this was in the quote section. Uh, so if you wanted to quote me, you could, you could quote me on this. I didn't put my name under it like I did some of these other ones um, of these quotes. But 
What forgiveness is really about, as we look through these scriptures, is, and we're going to look at some here in a moment, it's about releasing revenge, and it's about releasing resentment. That's really what biblical forgiveness is about. So instead of me hunting this person down and me seeking revenge on them, which again only eats me up inside, I release them from my revenge and I release them from my resentments. Uh, What's amazing about this is is if if you look at, I think we're going to get to this again, but start thinking about this. How many evils in our culture, both locally and globally, are a reaction to another person's evil? How much gang violence is there because you killed somebody in my circle, so I'm going to kill somebody in your circle? How much global violence is there because you killed somebody in my circle, and now I'm going to kill somebody in your circle. And then guess what happens? It's like ping pong, isn't it? And now I'm going to kill somebody in your circle. And, then I, and it never ends. And it never ends. So forgiveness is really good for society. It's really good for others. It's also really good for us. It's really good for us. It's part of the freedom that we have in Jesus. So here's that passage I was talking about before. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. This is the only way forgiveness is possible. So forgiveness is hard. It is not easy to forgive someone. The only way it's possible is to say, how much has Jesus forgiven me? How much? A lot. Jesus has forgiven me of a lot. Therefore, I can forgive others. Now, I want to tell you a story. I, I had a prop, and it's in my car, and I'm very sad I don't have it. You know what? It's Memorial Day. Dad, can you go get my prop from the car? Okay. It's a, it's a crown. It's in the back seat. You can't miss it. It's a purple crown. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story. We're going to add the prop in when we're able to. Hopefully this doesn't cause any feedback. Mario's not in here. I just need to grab a chair. Oh, don't, don't, don't. I just need a chair. I just need a chair. (laughs) Ah, we're good. Okay. All right. Yeah, Joel, be our cameraman back there. We're going to move around a little bit. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to get this out of the way. Okay. I'm going to need some helpers. I'm just going to volunteer you, so we're not asking for volunteers. We don't do that around here. All right. Adriel, come on up. Let's give Adriel a hand. It's like a game show. Come on up, Adriel. Whenever we get Mario back, we're going to unmute this. None of us know how to do that. Sit down there. Adriel is, uh, Mario, can you unmute the handheld? All right, Adriel is uh, the king. King Adriel. All right. King Adriel, right here. And, And we are all his loyal subjects. Okay. About time. <laughs> <laughs> Loyal subjects. Now, um, man, Josh already left early because he, he knew I was going to pick on him. So, John, you're next. Come on up. Okay. John is one of Adriel's servants. So, we won't have to act this out, but Adriel says, shine my shoes. He shines his shoes. He says, mow the lawn. You mow the lawn. This is back in the first century. 
So this is like Julius Caesar or whoever would have been Caesar at the time of Jesus. I can't remember. And, and, and John is a servant in the house of the king. This was very normal social statuses in the first century. Now, the king decides he's going to settle his accounts. The king is uh, very wealthy, and he gives out lots of loans. For whatever reason, king has loaned lots and lots of money out, specifically uh, to John. So king decides, I'm going to settle my debts. Oh, thank you, servant. Look what a good servant. What a good servant. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, didn't he look good? Let's give a hand to our king. <laughs> All right. So um, call, call your servant and say, it's time to settle my debts. You got the mic. John cometh hither. That's right. It's time to settle your debts. <laughs> Very nice. Now, John owes you. 200,000, not dollars, but years of salary, okay? So everybody picture like a nice salary for a year, times that by 200,000 times. That's what John owes Adriel. John, how did, first of all, how did you get into that big of a mess to start with? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> You're pretty messed up, brother. You're in 200,000 years of salaries worth of debt. And, and King says, pay up, bro. Payeth up, thou. <laughs> and, and what do you think the servant says in response? I, I can't. I can't. Nobody could pay 200,000 years worth of salary. Okay? Now, you think the king's happy about this? No. King, you're not happy. I'm not happy. Okay, so what the king says is... Uh, so here's the deal, John. I'm going to throw, uh, well, no, not throw. I'm going to sell you uh, and your wife and your children into slavery uh, until you can pay off that debt. Go ahead and tell him that. Yeah. So you and your wife and your children will become slaves. Sold into slavery. Sold into slavery. Until you can pay that until debt you off. Until you pay the debt. What do you think John's going to say in return? Beg him for mercy. Please, no. <laughs> Say pretty please. Come on. Say pretty you got please. got so much money. With sugar on top. Sugar on top, please. Please don't sell me and my family into slavery. Please, Adriel. Now, our king is merciful. And you know what the king says? I forgive you. Forgive him. I forgive you. Woo! Forgiveness. Isn't that beautiful? That's incredible. John, you're forgiven. How do you feel? Thank you very much. I appreciate this. <laughs> John would be very grateful that he and his wife and children weren't going into slavery. Now, John, you can stand up. Go ahead and hold the mic, though. Now, you, you spot another one of your fellow servants. And for some reason, I just, it's easier to pick on guys. I feel like I can't get in trouble. So, Mario, come here. Come on up. I know Mario says goes in the back, like where he doesn't have to. Mario is, a, is another servant uh, of our king, and uh, he and John are buddies, okay? John goes, he's just been forgiven of all that. John's feeling good, right? He's been forgiven. And then he goes and finds Mario. Now, Mar 
John had loaned Mario some money as well. Uh, he owed about 100, 100 days of debt. So not 200,000 years, 100 days of salary. So about maybe a third of a year's worth of salary. Not a small amount, but in comparison to uh, John's debt, not so bad, right? So here's what happens. Actually, you don't need, let me hold the mic. Here's what happens. Um, John goes and hunts Mario down, puts his hands on his neck to choke him. Go ahead. No, like right here. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. And as he tries to choke him, he says to Mario, pay back everything you owe me. I need money. <laughs> Mario, 100 days of money. Pay it back. Pay it back. And Mario says, I can't. I can't. Did you ever hear that before? Where have we heard that before? So, so Mario says, bro, have some mercy on me, and, and I will promise I'll pay you back. Bro, have some mercy on me, and I promise I'll pay you back. That's, that's, that's not going to fly. And so John says, I'm going to throw you. Here's a brilliant idea. I'm going to throw you in prison until you can pay it back. You're going to jail. Until? Until you pay me back. Because in prison, you make a lot of money, right? <laughs> that's brilliant. And so... Mario cries. Mario cries. Because he's going to prison. Because he can't pay this back. Now, the king has been watching. King, what? what? Did you see what just happened? So the king grabs a mic, and he calls John into his quarters. John cometh hither. Actually, and let's give Mario a hand. Good job, Mario. They'll go to prison. Mario, Mario's going back. back to prison. <laughs> Now, king calls in John, and what does the king say? I forgave you. Why did you not forgive him? You worthless. You worthless. Wicked. Wicked. Servant of mine. Servant of mine. Because you didn't forgive him. Because you didn't forgive him. The way I forgave you. The way I forgave you. Let me, let me get the quote right from Jesus, because it sounds really horrible. We don't want to mess it up. Um, I'm going to hand you over to the jailers. I'm going to hand you over to the jailers. To be tortured. To be tortured. Until you uh, can, will pay back all that you owed. Until you can pay back all that you owed. This is the sad end of our story, isn't it? Can we give our volunteers a hand? Oh, my goodness. You guys are amazing. John's never coming back to church again. Okay, this is a story that Jesus tells in Matthew 18 about forgiveness. And again, he's, he's doubling down on what he said in the Lord's Prayer. He said it once. It was really jarring. So he gave commentary on it. He, so then he, he, he says it again to Peter because Peter asked him this question, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? Seven's a lot. You harm me, I'll forgive you seven times. Jesus says, not seven times, but 77, or some translations say 70 times seven. Basically an unlimited amount. You forgive, and you forgive, and you forgive, and you forgive. And then he tells them this story, and this is how he ends it. This is the last verse. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Again, theologically jarring. Now, brother or sister, he's talking about other believers, so we can add that context in. Though in the Lord's Prayer, he did not make that, that specific. He just talked about forgiveness in general. I don't think the point of Jesus here is to give us a systematic theology about hell and about salvation. Okay? Now, 
I, 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 I don't think, I'm not saying we shouldn't listen to what he's saying about this. But I think what he's saying is he wants us to forgive. I think he's trying to make a really, 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 really strong point of how important it is that Christians forgive other people. Because Christians are forgiven, and if we're forgiven, we need to be forgiving. Now, one of the beautiful points about this passage, it ends on a sour note. But if you think about the way he tells the story, each of us are John. So let's not, let's not be too down on John for the 200,000 years of debt he was in. That's all of us. That's the sin debt that we owe God that we can never, ever, 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 ever pay back. Now listen, when you accept Jesus as your Savior, when, when you become a follower of Jesus, guess what you get from Jesus? You get 200,000 years worth of salary credited to your account. Your account was that much in the red, and now your account is in the black. If somebody showed up on your doorstep with a check for 200,000 years worth of salary, you would be thrilled. You would be happy. You would be very grateful. That is what we get in Jesus. In fact, it's an unlimited credit card. It's an unlimited credit card of forgiveness. It's an unlimited credit card of love. So that when I need to make a deposit to forgive somebody else or a withdrawal, I'm sorry, when I need to withdraw from that account and say, I've been wronged, I need to forgive you. I've been wronged, I need to forgive you. I've been wronged, I need to forgive you. I'm not pulling on my own strength. I'm not pulling on my own love. I'm not pulling on my own ability to forgive. I'm pulling on the unlimited bank account of forgiveness that's been given to me so that I can freely dish it out to others. If we can realize how much we've been forgiven, and that is really the point of this message, because without that, we aren't going to get anywhere. This isn't a legalistic sermon about you must forgive or else. This is a, a matter of if we can realize how much I've been forgiven. If we can soak in it. Just for a moment, will you, will you, will you, will you meditate on that thought? How much you have been forgiven. Marinate in it. Rejoice in it. And allow it to change you. Allow it to change you. We don't have time to get into Romans 12. I told you there's a lot of scripture here. But if you're taking notes, jot Romans 12 down, verses 14 through 21. And it really takes you through a blueprint of this idea of releasing revenge, of stopping the cycle of evil. I wanted to put it up here because often we try to do God's job. And in verse 19 it says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. For all of the wrongs that have been done, there's criminal justice that God uses, and there's his justice. And I don't know how that works, but I know there will be an account that every person will have to give before God on their judgment day. And every wrong that has been committed to us, there will be justice for. God will avenge. And, and for some of us, we feel like we can't forgive somebody because the thing they did wrong needs to be avenged. And Romans 12 tells us that's God's job. 
And it is a heavy burden if you and I walk around trying to do God's job. Let me say that again. It is a heavy burden if you and I walk around trying to do God's job. We can't do God's job. We need to release that job to him and let him do his job. He is good at his job. He is good at his job. So in conclusion, this is it. Your job, worship team, you guys can come back up. Worship team, I'm sorry, so your job... Your job is to forgive. Your job is to pray for your enemies. Remember that one? Pray for those who persecute you. Your job is to love your enemies and then to leave room for God's wrath. And I know that sounds harsh. That's just the, the, that's just the phrase that Romans 12 uses. But that allows us to release it. You don't have to be reconciled. You don't have to be best friends. That person does not have to be in your life. You don't even have to tell them that you're forgiving them. But remember that phrase from Romans 12, as far as it depends on you. As far as it depends on you. So I want you to, to think as we're about to take communion. And I want you to think about what poison are you drinking right now? Who harmed you? And you keep drinking that poison. Drinking that poison thinking it's going to harm them. And Jesus is saying, will you release? Will you release that resentment to me? Will you release that pain to me? I can handle it. It's a small symbol, but we have a cross on our communion table today, and it says forgiven on it. And as we go into communion, and Jake, if you're able, I don't know if our sound's hooked up, you can play, go ahead and play a little bit behind me um, as we introduce communion. Because I want to give you a chance before we enter back into worship and we're, we're almost done. We just have a few minutes left. I want you to, to pray right now and ask God to, to reveal in your heart, is there somebody you need to forgive? Is there, is there resentment you're holding on to that you're carrying around with you? And as you come to take communion here in a moment, we invite you to the table for communion. Um, we have two options for communion, by the way. We have one over under the basketball hoop. It's self-enclosed. Um, and if... if uh, that's an option for you. You can just go over there during our communion time and take a, a, a cup with the bread on the top. And up here, we have um, it's, uh, a more interactive way to take communion. And Pastor Adriel and I will be here to give you the bread and to give you the cup. And you'll take a piece of bread and you'll dunk it uh, into the cup. And we take communion to remember. Jesus says, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my blood shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Today, we want to remember the cross that has forgiven us. That's forgiven LaRonda. It's forgiven Jake. It's forgiven me. And we want to remember the debt that was paid on our behalf. The 200,000 years of salary. It's all been credited to you. An unlimited amount of credit. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we got to lean into that credit. Because it's hard to forgive people. And we got to soak in Jesus' forgiveness today. And I want to challenge you to remember that, that forgiveness is a choice and it's a command. And to take a step of faith, even though you don't feel like forgiving a person, you don't even know what that means, to take a step of faith. And as you take the bread and as you eat it, and you remember that Jesus forgave you, you say, Jesus, help me to forgive this person and, and, and pray their name to him. We're not going to have a people a prayer invitation time. We want you to take this time for you and God to deal with some of these resentments and to forgive and to let go, to forgive the way we've been forgiven. As Jesus said, as he hung from that cross, 
Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. 